big rocks and all that sort of thing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the, the Mick Wall Podcast, Podcast. Featuring, featuring the one, the only, what's your name again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to continue with the Dead Rock Stars theme. Um, with a That's just variation. one of your trademarks. That's just one of my many brands. Yeah, brand. That's it. It's one of your brands. One of my brands. Yeah, Dead Rock Stars. Yeah, we're bringing yeah. it back, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, we've brought it back. It's back now. It's back, um, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do two dead rock stars today. Two dead rock stars that actually played in the same band and that knew each other, presumably. We would hope. Yeah. Uh, the first being, being as they were the rhythm section, and they would have been locked in, locked in together. I wonder if it was telepathy on yeah, stage. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It is with all the best bands. Yeah. You know, like in Led Zeppelin, it was go, all telepathy. I just used to look at him and he knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bit like you and I. Yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah. We, we have telepathy. Yeah. I just need to look at you. And I immediately... And I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the two we're going to discuss are Jimmy Bain. Mr. Jimmy Bain. Uh, bassist extraordinaire. Of uh, first Rainbow, then he was in Wild Horses for a bit, but then probably most memorably Dio jumped himself into Dio. Yeah, he did. You know, he really rode, did actually rode the Ronnie Dio train, didn't he? Because he was in the he was in the Dio version of Rainbow. He was, and then he was in the then he was Dio in the, version the, of the Dio. Dio version of Dio, which featured and then which Dio. featured Ronnie James Dio, and then he was in the non. Dio, Dio, the last in line, which yeah. was Dio without Ronnie James Dio. Not featuring Ronnie yeah, James. Not featuring that was Ronnie Dio, James Dio, not, not featuring, featuring Ronnie James Dio. Ronnie James featuring Dio. all the people who'd left Dio in a bit of a half. Yeah. Left or asked to leave. Asked to leave by <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. or, or Wendy. Or, yeah. um, so, uh, Jimmy Bain, uh, let's recount his... Were you going to say who the other one is? Oh, sorry, yeah. And then there's another dead rock star we're going to do straight after Jimmy. Or maybe concurrent. I don't know. I, I think a bit of both. The great Cozy the Powell. Mr. Cozy Powell. The drummer. Yeah. And, and he was in everybody's band. I mean, b before he even joined Rainbow, he'd had a, a, a solo hit in uh, the UK. Yeah. Do you remember had, what it was called? It the, was called The Devil's Drum it. or something. No. Uh, the Devil D Dance. Something like Do that. Do the devil dum, dance. Dum, 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 Dancing dum, dum, with the devil. Dance with the devil. Is that what it is? That was it, yeah. Got it. Got there eventually. Ah, 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 ah. Meanwhile, in the background. Yeah, there he's cozy. Banging away on his... Banging away. Thumping away on his drums. And then he did. Then he was in everything. 
Cozy was in everything. White Snake, Gary Moore. Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. <laughs> he was in Black Sabbath. He was in Black he? Sabbath. In Black I think Sabbath. he was in Black Sabbath when he died, wasn't he? Might, he? I don't know. I don't know what he... he maybe he even he didn't know. He also... Uh, we've kind of gone to Cozy. That's fine. We'll come back to Jimmy in a minute. Cozy, you know, you had that sort of certain look, that haircut. And that Very look. sort of 70s rock star look. Entirely influenced by Jeff... Beck. Yes, I suppose it was really, yeah. Who he must have also played. Probably with. in Jeff Beck. Let's say he was in Jeff Beck. Definitely band. in Jeff Beck. Def- the Jeff yeah. Beck years. The Jeff Beck years of Cozy Power. So we'll be talking about those. In a way, I mean, Dead Rockstars is about dead Rockstars. Dead rock and they both went out in particularly spectacular fashion. Yeah, like the best rock stars. They did not die of old age. No, they went long before that. Well, I don't know about long, well, but, okay. Not in but they didn't case. die of old age. No, they didn't, no. No, they were old, no. but, yeah. you know, that's no. not what they died yeah. on. Shall we tell people what they died on? Well, I think you should. Cozy uh, was driving down the motorway, now, just like Jeff in Beck. In a fast car. Just like Jeff Beck, Cozy was all about fast cars. Yeah, and fast women. Fast women yeah. and uh, music. And yeah. the same it, haircut as Jeff. Exactly, yeah. He's a bit like the, the drummer in Spinal Tap, you know. If I can have the sex and drugs, I'm not that bothered about the rock and roll. <laughs> well, no, he, I think he was because he was a fantastic drummer. No, he was. Drummer. It was a joke. God, come on. No, no, no. People, no, if you want no, serious podcasts, jokes. go I'm, somewhere else. Yeah, no, don't go. If you want a serious <laughs> discussion, oh, Cozy, pa- Cozy <laughs> played Catch the Rainbow in 3-4 time. Whatever. Did he? Who cares? Did he? Who cares? Did he, though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who the hell knows? No one plays Who in three or four times other than that sort of Azatz 80s rock band Rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed you were liking tweets yeah, liking from people twi- saying that Rush are really, really good, good and, and tell it, Mick to shut up. Yeah. I saw you liking Mick, that. Mick, idiot. No, I don't think they said idiot. No, no. I I think they said, you know, the esteemed uh, Mick Wall, who's never wrong. But, I mean, Cozy was sort of the era of drummers. You know, when your drummer was a, you know, your drummer was a fuck-off guy. Yeah. You know, he was like the the member of the band you didn't mess with. You know, they were tough. They lived the rock and roll life, and they had a bit of glamour about them. John Bonham. Yeah. Keith Moon. Yeah, those kind of... Phil Collins. Oh, no, maybe not (laughs) But Cozy fits into that category of, of the earlier ones you were mentioning. Yeah, proper wild man yeah, drummer. wild man of rock. Yeah, because r- really the drummers, they, 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 after the singer or the guitarist, they're the neck of the triumvirate. They are the ones that, re- unless you're Guns N' Roses, they're the ones that really matter. Well, you say that. Oh, oh, you yes, I do. That. Yes, I uh, do. I, I remember us discussing last time whether anyone could do the drums, and I think we proved that they could. <laughs> <laughs> I think they but, proved that anybody yeah. can say they do the yeah. drums. Yeah, but Cozy and then Cozy and Jimmy, as you say, did link together in that first classic version of Rainbow. It well, was. I say the first; it wasn't the first version. It was the classic version. Well, it was the Rainbow first, Rising. It was the first touring lineup because yeah. the very first album was still Elf, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was still the Elf. But then he got rid of all the Elves apart from the one yeah. at the front. Yeah. And uh, got Jimmy Bain in on bass. Now let's introduce Jimmy properly. Here yes, because yes. 
Jimmy, I think it's fair to say, and I'll tell the story in a minute, was the first ever phoner that I ever did. Really? First ever phoner, Jimmy Bay. Yeah. But first of all, Keon, when did you first meet Jimmy? I met Jimmy early 79 when uh, he'd had the boot from Rainbow and he'd hooked up with Brian Robertson, who the guitarist who just got the boot from Thin Lizzy <laughs> yeah. for the second time. Yeah. And they formed a group called Wild Horses. <laughs> Who also featured... Who immediately became infamous, it must be said. Well, yes, yeah. they were. I mean, they certainly uh, taught me a thing or two. Because yeah. I was working as their PR at uh, heavy publicity. And um, the thing is, I, I was still a huge Thin Lizzy fan. I was like 20 years old and was still playing, you know, Live and Dangerous had come out a few months before. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was a big fan. Which Robbo was on, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> star of the show, uh, apart from Phil, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so to be working with him, and Robbo was only like three years older than me, so we had a sort of a lot in common. Jimmy was older. Jimmy was always older. He had that angelic features. Yeah, he did but, a bit. But even back then, he was like 29 or something, yeah. you know. And he'd um, come down face Scotland, <laughs> had he not. But Robo, he mm. is from Glasgow, yeah. Yeah, a wee bit of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Jimmy, Jimmy was from Edinburgh, yeah. he's a little bit more like that. Uh, uh, but even more unintelligible than <laughs> Because he might have partaken of the odd, you know, whiskey or Guinness or... Heroin, yeah, you know, something who hasn't like done that? that yeah, you know. who doesn't do those in combination? Jimmy uh, was completely unreconstructed rock star. He led a completely dissolute lifestyle. But even, I mean, Ronnie James Dio, who wasn't into heavy drugs, he liked ale and he liked weed, and that was about it, really, um, and a hot curry. Uh, but even he would say, you know, Jimmy goes, no matter how wasted he is, and he's wasted every day of every of his life, you know, he can still always get up and play, uh, even if when he fell over. He said even <laughs> when he fell over on stage, Jimmy could still, still play. play. Yeah, and he was actually very talented because he didn't just play bass; he played keyboards. Did he? he? Yeah, he was the singer in Wild Horses. You know, Rainbow in the Dark. Do 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 do. That's Jimmy. That's a good one, Jimmy. Jimmy came up with that part. Did he? Yeah, and he gave it to Ronnie. Well, yeah, because Ronnie, they were all for Ronnie, one and one Ronnie for all. Ronnie just took it. Ronnie said, "I don't know, Jimmy." That might have to me, a credit Jimmy, sounds one. like the sort of thing I'd write. <laughs> just funny you should play that. Were Jimmy. I to write, I something. was literally, yeah, literally just thinking of it. it sounds so that's very tele- much. That's where the telepathy. I, I comes think what in. you've done, Jimmy, is you've written <laughs> something that I was just about to write. <laughs> something that I had yeah. already written, to yeah, be honest, in, in my head. In, yeah, and when you played it, I said. Damn, yeah, that's that thing. Yeah, Jimmy's. That's that thing. Jimmy, Jimmy knows that tune. I've yeah, yeah, and has just played it. Over and there. I shall call it "Rainbow in the Dark." <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jimmy uh, co-wrote the, the the really the one great wild horse. There were many great ones, but the one the one that was a single called "Criminal Tendencies," <laughs> and that was all. It began on a keyboard. Before Robert came in. <laughs> I remember the demo had this great line. It went, um, uh, uh, there was a middle eight where it went, you know, dan, 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 criminal tendencies, <laughs> da, 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 dan, dan, 
dun, dun. Criminal tenders. And the original lyrics went, Black hash, white smack. <laughs> Criminal tendencies. And I remember when they came to record it for EMI, Jimmy's going, oh, fuck a gay one. Let me do the fuck a I wish you were black hash. It says it won't play on a fucking radio. Because the irony was they changed it and they still didn't play it on the radio anyway. <laughs> what did they change it to? Oh, fuck. You know, black, black hat, hat, white, white cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, he, he got married on my twenty-first birthday. Duh, what yeah. clash of clash of dates there? Yeah, surely. I mean, yeah. I mean, was he, he not thinking? <laughs> was he not thinking the kid? It's the kid's <laughs> birthday. He's not even the kid yet, and it's yeah. his birthday. Yeah. What are we thinking? Now, he married into society. He married Lady Sophia Crichton Stewart. Right. And, and how did that work out? <laughs> well, the, the, the wedding was held at the Savoy. Right. And so on my 21st birthday, because I had no plans whatsoever, <laughs> um, I spent it at the Savoy. Uh, telling people it's my, it's my well, 21st, 21st birthday. getting bought drinks. Yeah, and they're yeah. going, who are you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it was like Geldof was there and Lineup was there. And um, uh, funnily enough, I was also working for Dio at that point, who joined Black Sabbath. But, um, <laughs> and so Dio, Dio came along to a couple of Wild Horses shows and inevitably got up and sang with them at the end. And I swear to God, that was the template for Dio right there. Yeah, it probably was, yeah. Because there's Ronnie yeah. in the middle, Robbo over here on the guitar, Jimmy over here on the bass. There was a rhythm guitarist, um, Neil Carter, and a drummer. But it, it, you suddenly kind of realised, you didn't know you were missing something until you saw Ronnie get up. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, Ron, I mean, Ronnie in those days was absolutely at his peak, wasn't he? He, he really know? was. Yeah. So when a few years later, like three years later, he forms Dio, you could totally... See, I mean, even Vivian Campbell... Yeah, he's got the you know the Irish guitarist, like, yeah. you know, crash-hot kid, got Jimmy, really knows what he's doing, total well, rock star. According to Ronnie, Jimmy literally gate-crashed the Dio band. He wasn't invited to join, he just turned up. Yeah, he's just one of those people you can't get rid of. Can't get rid of yeah. him. It's like uh, if he came round your house, like but five days later, you get the impression he'd probably still be there. But when, uh, when I was working on Ronnie's book, um, and he was writing, you know, in his original handwriting, one of the stories was how we met Jimmy Bay, and it was uh, they'd done the first Rainbow album. Richie's decided mm. he, he needs got rid of the rest of the band. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they fly to London to see this guy Jimmy Bain playing at the Marquee in his group, which was called Harlot. And they decided, yeah, you'll do. He's the man. So the next day, they have to go and pick him up. It's in the book, and I can't remember now the actuality. But they, they, they had to go to like 10 Downing Street or something. He was going out with some government minister's so he, daughter. So he was, he, he was no longer with Lady Sophia. No, this is before. No, oh, this, this, is, is before. this is Rainbow before he joined. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like 76, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. And uh, they pick him up and like, a butler comes to the door and the next thing Jimmy's like, all right, yeah, yeah, boys, yeah, 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 yeah. let's have a drink, yeah. you know. Yeah. And they go back to Richie's and, uh, and Richie's German wife at the time went insane over something Richie had done. 
and as they're and as they're trying to sort of get to know each other there's murderers banging and screaming upstairs next thing Richie comes down and goes come on guys we've got to go we've got to go <laughs> and as they're leaving out the window is like all his fucking <laughs> clothes yeah. and guitars and, and he's you're a fucking asshole you know, and Richie's like drive just drive <laughs> um, but then Cozy joins that band yeah, and yeah. you've got this incredible like live just, band yeah I mean I, I think I can't remember if we were saying this on a podcast or if I dreamt it or I did say it to you I was on YouTube watching Rainbow in 1978 in Germany. And, I mean, even if you were, as I was, a long-term fan of the On Stage album, this is another level. The stuff that's come out subsequently to that, yeah, they're kind of, they're, they're like a version of Deep Purple almost in that they're a long, so, you know, Richie takes a long solo. Uh, Tony Carey, or it might have even been David Stone by that point, was on the keyboards in 78. Yeah, um, took took a long solo. Ronnie would come back on and sort of improvise the vocals to the end of a lot of the song. And my God, yeah, I mean, his singing was out of this world. Absolutely out. I mean, they were a phenomenal band. They really at were. That point. Yeah. And Cozy, of course. Yeah, I mean, Co- I mean, like, yeah, what a drummer. Was it Stargazer that has that huge drum intro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hanoon, here comes Ronnie. These mad lyrics, you know, it's tremendous stuff. It, it was an amazing band, and um, of course, <laughs> classic Richie. It lasts for about ten minutes, but it was great while it lasted. Well, according to Ronnie, uh, reading what he wrote for his book, because uh, Ronnie, you know, he reveals a lot in his book. But there's certain things where you can tell yeah. he's finessing it a little bit just to spare people's feelings or something, uh, a little bit. But um, the theory very much was that Richie resented Jimmy because Ronnie and Jimmy became really tight right. really quickly. And it just didn't make sense to Richie because, you know, it was Richie and Ronnie. They wrote the songs and the band was really built around them. Even though it was Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, yeah. it should have been yeah. Richie Blackmore and Ronnie James yeah. Dio's Rainbow featuring Ronnie <laughs> James Dio. Um, but Richie, you know, especially in those days, not the most approachable or hang out with kind of guy. Where Jimmy was Mister Hang, mm. you know, Mister Partey. Yeah, Jimmy's here. The party has started, and um, I, I suspect Ronnie felt very more comfortable with Jimmy because he was so easygoing. And fun to be with. Where Richie was obviously very high maintenance, and you know, the minute he walks in the room, it's all about him. Where uh, and Dio talked about those days, how he said, you know, he says, whenever we moved into a hotel, he goes, we would never unpack because we half expected always to be thrown out in the middle of yeah. the night. <laughs> such, such were the hijinks. Yeah. And then uh, cut to when Ronnie's in Sabbath and Jimmy's in Wild. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Courses. Um, and Cozy by this point. Oh, oh, Cozy has gone off and he's joined White Snake. <laughs> and he's in that kind of classic era, which is the, the pre American era but they're having hits in the UK. So it's full for your loving. Well, hang on. No, I don't know if he was on that. Was he on that? I think, I think, I think, I think Ian Pace was in the group. He might, he might have been by that point. Cozy, jo- Cozy I, I, was I there remember, for slide it in and maybe. Yeah, maybe. What, yeah. Cause what I remember is David Coverdale doing a featuring Kerrang where this is, I mean, and given what happened next, this was just remarkable was they all, they'd all gone camping on Dartmoor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Intense, <laughs> cozy, <laughs> David Coverdale. Why? Like Mickey Moody and whoever else it was. Was Bernie Marsden? Maybe it was Bernie Marsden. I don't know. Or Mel Galley. Mel Galley. Mel Galley. Might be Mel Galley. But yeah, and and they were, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they were this gang, this White Snake gang. That was when Coverdale was still wearing the tie. You know, wore the sort of leather jacket. Oh, right, right, sort right. Of, you know, snakeskin leather jacket and a tie. And Cozy was were just, you know, looking cool at the back. And then, he, and then I think, then did he not go and play with Gary Moore as well? Oh, yeah. And Gary Moore started having hits. Yeah. Yeah, Empty Rooms. Empty rooms where we learn to live without love. That came yeah. out about 50 times, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. finally snuck in at like 29 yeah. in the charts, yeah. you know. Um, now, Cozy was on the scene. I, I first ever had a sort of proper conversation with him in the Slider Inn era, right at the end of that tour, when they did the first Rock in Rio. Right. And I was going to interview. I did so many interviews on that trip that didn't end up getting written up or anything because just interviewed anybody that moved. And... Um, and we were going to his room, and he insisted on taking the stairs. And I'm like, but, but oh, the, elevator. Yeah, the elevator? You're on the fourth floor. Yeah. I mean, and he said, no, I always take the stairs. And he goes, and I take them two at a time. I was like, oh, fuck. So I'm trailing behind, <laughs> pouring with sweat. Not slept for yeah. three years, you know. And he said it was part of keeping fit. And this is like January 1985. I'd never heard of keeping fit. No. What was that? Jane Fonda. Keeping fit. Keeping, why would you want to do that? Why would you, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Who, do you, who do you think you were, Jeff Capes? <laughs> you think you were going to enter TV strongman contest superstars? I think he had that going for him because he, he, he I, I assume he did lift weights or something because he had that sort of physique, didn't he? He had that yeah. look about him. Yeah, he kind of, yeah, he was kind of like in shape, wasn't he? In shape. He was a bit like it. a sort of racing car driver. That kind of character. Yeah. A bit of a James Hunt, you know. Yeah. No, that's yeah. exactly what he was yeah. like. And, of course, he had girlfriends everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Who all thought that a they were his one a, and only. A you girl know. in it. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> the old classic, yeah. And um, and I think he had that sort of rep, a bit like Jeff Beck, of being, you know, you don't want to piss him off, you know. He, he was volatile. Yeah. You know, he, was, he was... Well, he must have been. I mean, given... I mean, we're joking, but the amount of bands he was in. <laughs> and know. he was also in Emerson, Lake and Powell. Powell. He was, yeah. He was like one of those guys who... Because he had a, had a certain reputation, it was like a mark of quality when you bought Cozy Powell in. It, re- it really was. You yeah, know? No, it, was like, it wasn't like getting the, the bloke from up the road. You no. Know? no. Although he was a jobbing drummer. If it was like Cozy, you went, oh, yeah, Cozy Powell's good, isn't it? I remember seeing Gary Moore at Hammersmith Odeon. Oh, endless versions of whatever. <laughs> empty <laughs> like empty rooms. rooms and Parisian walkways. But... In the middle was of this before he still had the blues? No, it was well before that. Yeah. Well before that. It's when he was like doing C- the heavy metal Celtic metal. Yeah, oh that. Might have been around had he the done wild that? out in the fields with Phil Lynott at that Phil Lynott at that point. He's out in, in the, the fields and Phil wore his military jacket. They both did. Did they? They both <laughs> had those military jackets. But it's like, I mean, you got. I don't feel, do you wear a military you jacket? Feel sorry I'll wear for, a military you jacket. you got to feel sorry for Gary in those circumstances. you got Phil there, you know, like kind of the super cool, super handsome guy. And there's Gary Moore standing at the back. <laughs> God, I'm being slightly outgunned here, you know. Yeah, don't but, photograph me from that yeah, side. But, but then so. you've got, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, this, this, so Gary Moore's doing this like boring solos and what have you. And uh, Gary Moore, and one the, of the greatest guitarists yeah, of all time, well, boring let, solos. Let t- right. And then he goes off the stage and the drum riser goes up, <laughs> right from the middle of the stage. It's like a, you know, a, a, on a lift. It goes up higher and higher and higher and cozies on the top. And you realise this is going to be the drum solo. <laughs> and here, here it comes. And I, oh, man, he's off. Does a, you know, like a 10 minute drum solo of the sort that were in vogue at that time. And yeah. it was like the drum risers flashing and all of this. And I remember that was when I had just uh, gone to Kerrang! on work experience. And I said to Jeff Barton, can I write a review and you read it and tell me what you think? And so I wrote a review of that uh, show and he gave me a job. Spot on. <laughs> cheers, Cozy. Cheers, Gary. And then the first phoner that I got to do was with Jimmy Bain wow. around that time. So it would have been 87. So was he, he must have been in Dio. Yeah, he was still in Dio. He was in yeah. Dio in 87. What was the phoner they, about? Wasn't it about they, hearing aid, was it? Or no, something? They must have done, just done an album and I don't know what album. But I remember he was in LA. I remember like, I was... And I, I was a Dio fan. He went, oh, my God, it's Jimmy Bain. I'm going to talk to Jimmy Bain. And uh, he was in L.A., so there was obviously the time difference. I was at home at my mum and dad's house. And, uh, and yeah, Jimmy rang. And I had a tape recorder, and I had one of those things, you know, those, like you used to have a microphone that yeah. you stuck on the back of the phone. Yeah, a little. Totally, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally useless. useless. <laughs> but it convinced you you were recording it. Pick up the phone. Jimmy, I'm not sure what time of day in L.A. it was. <laughs> Nor was he. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy was that sure of what was going on. I don't think he even knew what Dio album we were talking about. <laughs> and he, by that point, his voice had taken on that kind of train spotting sort of quality. <laughs> you know, where if it were broadcast in America, there would be subtitles at the bottom <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> Ah, oh, I 
Okay, and, oh, and fair Ronnie, enough. Ronnie, uh, do you rainbow in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just like cold terror of playing this tape back, and there was just nothing. <laughs> Not you're not not that it wasn't usable. It was unintelligible. <laughs> it was just sure fucking it wasn't Alex nothing. Ferguson, yeah, sure it could have it could have been Jimmy Bain. It could have been Jimmy had just gone to his mate here. You know, speaking could, to could that. have been anyone in Scotland been, called Jimmy. Well, I mean, they were in see L- you, Jimmy. They were, yeah, they were in L.A. But it could have been anyone who was Scottish in L.A. Named Jimmy. The other obviously complicating factor was that time delay. <laughs> so not only were you getting the, you know, he was interrupting my questions. A bit like you. Um, and, uh, oh, oh, oh. And so, so that was my first experience of what they call making it up. <laughs> I think what Jimmy, I think what I'm you a, meant to I'm say, I think what you meant to say, Jimmy, was. <laughs> oh, that's what. Oh, that's interesting. And then what? <laughs> then what happened? What's that, Jimmy? I'm <laughs> the best guy you've ever yeah, yeah. been interviewed what, by. That's what amazing. A, what a great question. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Now you come to mention yeah, it. I've yeah. never really asked myself why Ronnie is so great. But let me think. Yeah. <laughs> so it was all oh, like he pays that. my mages. Yeah, that, Jeff, that could be it. Jeff yeah. was like, yeah, all right, yeah. Stick <laughs> it in the mag. That's all right. It was like, do you remember in the news pages when there used to be like a sort of featurette in the news pages? It'd be a, so presumably they, they must have been making an album probably. That was probably. Probably, yeah. So probably, to get, the, probably to get details of song titles yeah. and things, which again, I'm sure I completely made up. <laughs> it's not that hard with Dio, is no, it? You know, no, no, let's be fair. Rainbow on the moon. Uh, <laughs> you know, the dragon rises from Kings the and queens yeah. on the seas. Yes, exactly, yeah. The world is full. Of, of rainbows, kings and queens, and rainbows. Yes, yeah. I think Ronnie's very much going down those lines again," said Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the exact titles, but this is very much the, the theme of the album. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. I, he, Jimmy revealed to me there may be a dragon on the cover. Who'd have yeah. thought? Who would have thought that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember because um, because Jimmy really was Mister Party. And uh, uh, I can remember being poured into various mini cabs at dangerous hours of the night when, you know, he'd had enough, basically. Um, but I also remember not seeing him for a few years um, after Wild, Ho- Wild Horses carried on for about another year after I stopped working for them. But Brian Robertson had gone and the whole <laughs> thing went to shit, you know. And then cut to a few years later, and um, I'm going to say 85. I'm in L.A. with Maiden, and I walk in the rainbow, (laughs) and who's in there? Who's in there? Mac! Mac, I went, Jimmy, I didn't know you were still alive. You know, oh, I'm in deal. I was like, (laughs) fucking hell, get the fuck. He said, yeah. He goes, it's fucking great, man. He goes, I own a big house. Um, What? Well, this did is the he first couple get, of albums. He didn't get the money off Ronnie, did he? He, um, you're right. He did co-write a lot of the songs, and they, yeah, yeah. And and Dio was a really hot proposition in the yeah. mid '80s, and and it's not just the records; it's the touring. You know, yeah. they were doing arenas by then, and um, and he was just he looked well, he looked he looked rich and prosperous, and he was obviously having the time of his life, and he was the first person that alerted me. Because um, by then the rainbow had taken off the doors in the in the toilets, 
not for the Uranians, but where you'd have a crap. They took the doors <laughs> off. You'd have a crap. Because too no many one people went in the rain to have a crap. Exactly. No, no they were in there doing their <laughs> yeah. drugs. So they took the doors off. Like, that would stop anybody. But they took the doors off. And so Jimmy and, and his gang had devised an alternative <laughs> method. And I was like, I was, he goes, do you want to, yeah. do you want to, I went, oh. It really is um. nothing as ingenious as a junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, I said, no, well, where do we want to go? Can't go to the toilet. He said, hello, and you remain the toilet. And he took me through the kitchen. Round the back, yeah. He took me through the kitchens into that, that the is. toilet that all the people in the kitchen used. Uh. And we must have been in there about half an hour. All the chefs burst into the piss. And as we're coming out, the chefs are like, all right, Jimmy. He's like, all right, yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. see you. You know. Yeah. And, um, and then cut to three years later, the first time I meet and do any work with Jimmy Page. And at this point, I've been told, Jimmy is clean, he's serene, don't mention the war. You know, don't, don't go there, you know, the drugs and that. And so um, Jimmy was drinking non-alcoholic beer as I was drinking beer and it was all kind of polite you know but then we started seeing each other a bit more regularly and you know you you relax and I finally said to him do you because do you, do you? you know the rainbow for Zeppelin in the 70s mm. was they they owned the joint and um I said do you you still go to LA and he goes yeah so what do you do when you get there then thinking what does he do have a vegetarian meal or something yeah. he goes oh you know he goes uh I go down the rainbow, see Jimmy Bain. <laughs> and immediately yeah. I went, oh, uh, do you? You yeah. go down the rainbow and see yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Bain. Spend yeah. much time in the kitchen, yeah. do you? Yeah. Other Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. And he knew then. Oh, I knew instantly what yeah. Jimmy Page was doing down the rainbow. He goes, he goes, go down the rainbow, yeah. see Jimmy have Bain. A, have a chat with Jimmy. Yeah, yeah he goes, he's always there. I know he's always yeah. there. <laughs> And if you went to Rod Smallwood's house in those days, because he lived in L.A., Jimmy would always yeah. be there. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the infamous house right above the rainbow. Yeah. And I can remember Rod giving him advice. <laughs> this is about three in the morning. There was Kevin DeBrow, Jimmy Bain, oh, Rod Smallwood, you could, yeah, you and could, me. You can imagine right? what sort of advice Rod's giving Jimmy Bain. Well, the thing is, at that time... No, the, no, no, Jimmy. <laughs> at that time of the night, Again, it's like three, because Rainbow closed at two, so it's now probably four in the morning. And Jimmy's like, I know, I don't know, fucking hell. Would he? And Rod's like, oh, no, bloody hell. No, why do you want to bloody do? No, we're bloody much. Hey, why do we bloody made it? I couldn't understand a fucking word that's Either going of them on. Were saying, yeah, yeah, so I just started chatting to Kevin DeBro, who was also miserable as shit, because <laughs> his career was rapidly going down a sinkhole, mm. you know. So, yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out for Jimmy. Well. Yeah, sadly not. I mean, by the 90s, he was in, do you remember there was that, was it called Warfare? Or yeah, War? I, think it, I think it was like that lost era, wasn't it, where Jimmy mm. was never going to go grunge. No. You know. No, he just went more he sort of metal. He's just been around for too long to go grunge. Yeah. Dio was never going to go. Ronnie was never going to go grunge. No, but although Ronnie did sort of push the envelope with angry machines. I was going to say there was angry machines. But I mean, that's. Well, was know. that sort of nine inch nails meets oh, grunge meets that? something? I don't know if it was even that. Oh, okay. okay. There was still a song about rainbows. And <laughs> was there? I don't know. Yeah. And then, um, and then 
there comes this moment just a couple of years before he died when I was doing a feature on Dia, I think the story of Holy Divers. Yeah, that's what you'd be doing. And I was talking to him on the phone, of course, reliving a lot of funny times. And uh, he told me he'd written a book. Mm. And would I know how to get it published? I said, of course. I said, send me the book. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Never sent me the book. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, a year would go by and there'd be another reason to talk to him. I'd say, have you still... Got the room, done the book? Yeah, Hey, mm. just don't have a publisher. I said, well, mm. send it to me. And I'll never sent me the book. And then the next thing, I'm pretty sure it was you that told me. Why don't you tell that story of how he died? Well, it was it was because I think we had this kind of... It, 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 just at the time, the notion of the rock cruise had begun. Right. Wasn't it? Yeah, this idea. And I think Kiss probably started it, maybe. Maybe they yeah, did. Yeah, maybe. It's like rock and roll on the high seas. So basically, you you... You charter an enormous city-sized enormous cruiser, which has a a a ballroom big enough for you to play gigs in. Several, in fact. Yeah, you set sail for somewhere fantastic like the Bahamas or somewhere hot. You go from Florida, you go out into the, you know, the Gulf of Mexico, and you go somewhere like the Bahamas or somewhere great, the West (laughs) Indies, something like that. And at each stop, you 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 know play a gig, and people pay exorbitant amounts for a cabin, and they tour around. And as Kiss, I think, discovered on the first rock and roll cruise, it's actually quite essential for the band to have their own deck. Oh yeah, because otherwise, yeah. you just well, I I did the cru- Kiss fo- cruise in November twenty nineteen, yeah. and you go in the lift and you go up to the eleventh floor. But Kiss were on the 12th. Yeah, floor. so you couldn't. There well, was I think, a secret I think there floor. was a sort of. I'm not sure if I did a phoner with Gene Simmons. There was a period. Don't know what had gone wrong in my life, but I was. I was just. <laughs> I was prepared to do phone interviews with Gene Simmons. I ended up doing about three. God, one one time he put out a book about how to get rich, oh. which is what he. You know, which I'm so amazed it wasn't a hit. It was actually an in. Far more interesting right. than these knockoff kind of dirt type books, right? Because he actually told you how to do it. There right. was no bullshit about it, right? And you know, unfortunately, there's you know all these things like you know the ten ten great habits yeah, yeah. of which there is no shortcut. <laughs> it's you know, are you prepared to work twenty five hours a day when the guy next door is only doing twenty four? You know, <laughs> that's how you get rich. Well, um, that's how I did it. Yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah. 25 uh, minutes yeah. a but, day. Uh, but, I mean, one of these phoners, the many that I did with Gene Simmons, was about the cruise. And, I mean, he essentially said it was terrible. <laughs> so if we made the fucking mistake of, you know, staying with the punters. Right. And they just didn't leave us alone. Yeah. Well, what you do know? you expect? Yeah, it's like, what do you expect? They paid like $600. Yeah, at Gene. least. Yeah. And the rest. They, there's Gene having breakfast. I'm not going <laughs> to not go and say hello, you know. So, yeah, so I think they kind of figured it out. But then what happened to poor old Jimmy, I think, mm. was that he was on the Def Leppard version right, of this. Because right, right. quite often, you know, they'd have se- they then cottoned on to the idea, okay, this is really popular, yeah. sort of like a rock and roll holiday. Oh, you have let's, dozens of bands. Yeah, the, let's the, get the, the, the Kiss, Kiss Cruise. Brilliant did it. Three, four concerts every year, brilliant uh, did every a, day. Brilliant sorry. did a prog rock one. Did they? Can you imagine where, where did they set sail to? <laughs> Where'd you go Iceland. on the prog? Yeah, where'd you go on the prog? You go kind of go to go somewhere like um, 
where they film Lord of the Rings. You know, it'd be amazing. What, New Zealand. Imagine like seeing Dream Theatre where they film Lord of the Rings. Anyway, yeah, it wouldn't be, be Wales or something. Yeah, probably it? be, be a, yeah, the, the Irish Sea on a P and O. Bring a brolly. Marillion on the P and O ferry. <laughs> it's probably just going around the coastline yeah. of Britain. You, the bar's open, lads. If you want a beer, in a minute we'll be playing Misplaced Childhood. Uh, Get me a Grendel. The thing is, they play these lots of different. You know, they play kind of concept yeah, yeah. shows. Don't they? Yeah. So I remember you saying Kiss did an acoustic show. And yeah. So Def Leppard, right? And and the last in line are on this, which was Dio, which was Dio without Dio, Dio not featuring Dio. So it was Viv the, Campbell, Vinnie, Viv Campbell, Vinnie Peachy, probably yeah, yeah, Jimmy Bay. So the time was you know as David Brent. Who was says, the singer? Oh, they had a kind of a they had a sort of a. Um, I remember Viv Campbell. T- t- this was in the era where I was perpetually fighting issues with Campbell. He, he used this guy on his solo albums. He was he was saying he was like. Really, oh, right. really good singer, right? And Viv Campbell, in fairness, Viv Campbell's a bit of a diamond geezer, actually. I mm, think. Yeah, you know, I agree, he's yeah. a really nice guy, totally. And uh, and he's quite and he's quite very funny about his time. In, I was actually, it was more recent, I was talking to him about his time in Def Leppard. He was joking about how he, you know, he joined just as they started making the unsuccessful albums. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the reason he's there is they have this hugely successful career yeah, as yeah. a touring band, yeah, literally. 25 to 30,000 seats a night. They're doing know. it next summer with doing, Motley yeah, Crue and yeah, Joan Jett. Exactly. And as a kind of, you know, interim measure as well, they do one of these cruises. Last in line is there. So double bubble for Viv, you know, plays in the last in line, plays in Def, Def Leppard, Leppard, you know, goes and has breakfast with, with the punters probably, you know, whatever. He's a good guy, Viv. He probably quite enjoyed it. So that, back to yeah. Jimmy Bay. So Jimmy's on this cruise, yeah, but not, obviously not in the best of shape. You know, and I think this is this could be my imagination here taking over. But there was some sort of storm or something. They weren't. They set sail on the high seas, and the weather wasn't great. Right. Everyone was in well, confined to cabins or whatever. And then, uh, and then, yeah, the time came for the last in line gig. And they went to knock Jimmy up on the old cabin door, and he, he passed away on the high seas. Wow. Sadly. So whether he had the old uh, burial at sea, I <laughs> don't know, would have been quite appropriate for Jimmy, wouldn't it? Well, you he know, was like a pirate. Just, yeah, a pirate. He really was, a rock and roll pirate. Chuck, you know, over the side and off you go, you know. He had, uh, the last couple of times I spoke to him, which was in the couple of years leading up to his death, he'd also gone through rehab. <laughs> and that was a first. Right, Because yeah. they hadn't invented rehab when Jim, Jimmy was first getting wasted and he mm. wasn't going to lose any time on it. But the story I got told, <clears throat> and it's always a bit mangled, isn't it? Um, you never know what's true and what's not. But uh, he'd been busted for driving under the influence and part of the deal to keep him out of jail was that he goes to rehab. And apparently he was doing really well with that for a while, but inevitably would fall off the wagon here and there we're just about to run out of time john so i'm going to cut back to cozy and how he died okay, yeah but i mean again what, oh, terrible that he died at a young age but what a way to go driving really fast down the motorway on his mobile phone talking to a chick the early days of uh, mobile, mobile phones phone. i'm imagining yeah and uh, i don't know whether it was a country lane and he was going around the bend or the motorway or whatever but apparently his last words were, oh, shit. Yeah. And then the next thing, yeah, bash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
that. I mean, in a way, you know, I mean, it's terrible. It's, I don't want to make light of it. Don't want to make light of Jimmy passing away. But I mean, that it's a rock and roll story, isn't it? You know, it is. It really is. It is, and they were two great rock stars. Will there ever be people like them again? Do you I don't think, think there will. I don't think there's that. The, I don't think there's that industry that exists where you can go from band to band like that, where you're a reliable presence. Where you're a, it's it's like rent a rock star almost, isn't it? You know, it's like you get Jimmy Bain or Cozy Powell in your band. People know what your band is going to be like. Yeah. You know? well, I remember that final era with Cozy and Sabbath. It was Cozy on drums, Neil Murray on bass. Yeah. Uh, I forget who the keyboard player was, probably Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols. Iomi on guitar. Obviously. The Cat. The Cat on the old vocals, yeah. I mean, that's a cabaret tour, if ever there was one. <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to leave it there. Dead Rock Stars will return. Farewell. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How do I stop this, Fern? <laughs>